Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Netflix's Avatar, The Last Airbender. I'm the Avatar, and I'm going to save the world with my friends. Yep, yep, and welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Netflix's Avatar, The Last Airbender. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Netflix for letting us watch this series early for review. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, video games, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's review, we've got my big furry friend who will help <laughs> me reunite the four nations, and that's Justin the Sky Bison Lawrence. How's it going, bud? I think that that's the character I would relate to the most is the Sky Bison, for <laughs> yeah. sure. I definitely Everyone feel like I would just hop on your happy. back and Yeah, he was so around. cool. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd be that guy, <laughs> for sure. Awesome, man. Well, today we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, the live action series, but um, you know, it is based on an original Nickelodeon animated mm-hmm. uh, series of the same name. So uh, to kind of give some context for our listeners, uh, I thought we'd maybe start off by just talking about our experience with the original series. Justin, for yourself, uh, did you watch the original series? Uh, I got through, I think, about maybe six episodes of the first season, and I okay. it didn't really jive with me um Mm -hmm. it's not that i wasn't a fan of it it's just i never really got like hooked into it um i think it was in and around when it released on netflix i think that was during covid was it not um yeah it kind of it had like sort of a a a boom a balloon moment yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. exactly yeah a lot of Um, new fans yeah for sure and i i think that um yeah i just never really got into it i think at, at the time it, the animation was cool and obviously i know about the series from fans like you you know it's it's on a lot of people's you know top five top ten lists of of all-time great animated shows or even just shows in general so mm-hmm. i'm not unfamiliar with with the story of ang and you know the last airbender and and the avatar elements i i understood um so I had some of a background in it, but I never watched it. So I think that's going to kind of work to my advantage, though, in maybe some positive lights uh, in some ways. But uh, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, I never really got into it as much as I, I would have liked to of when I was. I think I, I missed the I missed that age of when it was actually like probably attuned to me because I feel like you probably grew up as a kid watching it. I mean, I, I, you know, this was, I was still a little bit older. I think I was watching it when I was in high school. Um, so I, it wouldn't be like when I was like a little kid. Um, do you think watching this show has inspired you to go back and maybe check it out again or try it out again? No, it hasn't. I don't feel like I need to. Um, no. I feel like, I, I feel like, again, in, in the context of what this is meant to be mm-hmm. as an adaptation of the animated, I, I, I don't know if it's necessary. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm okay if this is the version of, you know, Avatar the Last Bender that that I am comfortable with because I right. I did enjoy it based on maybe not having had a pre-existing knowledge or appreciation for the for the animated show, but I don't know, I'm not like not I wasn't against it, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't want to make it seem like I was like, "Oh, I wasn't a fan of it." It's just 
I never really got into it. Um, yeah. But this at live action adaptation, though, I, I definitely jived with. Okay, cool. I, I think, um, you know, I I am one of those people you were talking about. Like, it's it's probably my favorite animated series of all time. Um, I think, you know, all three seasons have a perfect Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, which is pretty dope. And I think it was, for me, I think what made it so special was it was the first time that I had watched uh, an animated show that really felt like I was watching uh, a rich world in front of me with characters that had, you know, a, an immense amount of growth. And so for me, I think that's why I kind of have always been such a big fan of of mm-hmm. the characters and these stories and even the subsequent series with The Legend of Korra. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. But, um, you know, right before we dive into talking about this live action, Justin, I want to know now that you've seen this one, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of bender would you be? That's a good question. I, I never actually thought of it. I'd probably be Earth, someone boring. You yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd be boring. Like, no, here's the for thing. Sure. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I think as a firebender, I, you know, we probably burn ourselves. Like, sure. we're, you know, what I mean. We'd end up doing that. I, you know, I burn myself on the stove, let alone fire that would just come out of my hand. Um, right. I think water bending is too wet. You know what I mean? I think it gets, it, you don't want to be soaked all the time. Gets in your and hair. I just. Yeah, and I I don't and I don't see a, a benefit to being an airbender. So I'm I'm actually with you. I think being mm. an earthbender, I don't think it would be boring. I think it would be convenient. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I think yes, you know, I, I don't like sand because it's coarse and it's rough <laughs> and it's irritating and it gets everywhere. But I I I think it is the most practical. Like if we were in a survival situation, boom, instant shelter, done, easy, right? Or mm. like if we had to catch like fish. We could just like raise the ground where the fish are under the water and got a bunch of fish. Like, I don't know. I think I think it's the most uh, practical. If, makes if sense. You say so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, well. I, I guess so. Then I, I stick by my 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 response. Earth for sure. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we can be earthbenders together, yeah. uh, Canadian <laughs> earthbenders. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, let's let's get to the description for this show. Uh, it's a bit of a doozy, so so you know, stay with me. Water, earth, fire, air. The four nations once lived in harmony with the Avatar, master of all four nations, keeping peace between them. But everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked and wiped out the air nomads. The first step taken by the firebenders towards conquering the world. With the current incarnation of the Avatar yet to emerge, the world has lost hope. But like a light in the darkness, hope springs forth when Aang, a young air nomad, and the last of his kind reawakens to take his rightful place as the next Avatar alongside his newfound friends, Sokka and Katara, siblings and members of the Southern Water Tribe. Aang embarks on a fantastical action-packed quest to save the world and fight back against the fearsome onslaught of Fire Lord Ozai. But with a driven crown prince Zuko determined to capture them, it won't be an easy task. They need the help of many allies and colorful characters they meet along the way. The series is produced by showrunner Albert Kim uh, and stars Gordon Cormier, Ian Ousley, Gary Wandanio, uh, Dallas Liu, Ken Leung, Elizabeth Yu, Paul Sunhyung Lee, and Daniel Day Kim. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is streaming exclusively on Netflix uh, right now. Uh, so, you know, listen to this. Maybe you've, you've already watched uh, a few episodes or maybe you're catching this before uh, and then make sure to check it out. Uh, Justin, I thought we would get right into our, our thoughts on the series uh, and we're going to kind of just talk about what worked and what maybe didn't for us uh, from the two different perspectives that we have of, you know, 
being a fan of the the original series and mm-hmm. someone who's not really watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, let's kind of get into it. I wanted to start off with I think my favorite uh, aspect, and I think it's going to be a lot of favorite people's favorites, no matter whether they've seen the original show or not. Uh, and that's yeah. the action in this show. I think the mm-hmm. bending specifically has to be the best part of the series. Um, I think the 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 way the elements are so fluidly implemented into the choreography is fantastic. And I think, um, you know, I think these action sequences live up to the dream uh, that Avatar fans had since the announcement of the failed M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, I think this is so much better than than that. Uh, and you can tell there's so much attention to detail when it comes to everything from the choreography to the sound design, uh, especially with a lot of these moments with with bending. And uh, yeah, I definitely think it was a highlight of the show. Yeah, for sure. The action is is top notch. It's like much of of what we see from this series. There was a serious investment in making that action look really, really good. And it paid off. Um, mm-hmm. And I think again the 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 wire work and mix of CGI and the choreography of of the actual fighting uh, was was very impressive. The way they kind of you know mixed all of those different ways of of showcasing some of that stuff because there's some stuff obviously that you could probably do live action, but it would probably be a lot more wire work and insurance for stunts. And like there were instances where you do see like more of a CGI element that's gonna that kind of is a figure rather than an actual person and it's sure yeah for, yeah when it comes to the visuals ease. for sure yeah, yeah when it comes to the sort of visuals in, in action moments right. um but it's not like you know in the matrix where uh basically it's a whole fight in in in, uh, in a place reloaded cutscene yeah over. exactly where they're yeah where it's like agent smith and, and thing it's you can tell that's all cgi there's just yeah. these little instances where they they weave it in and it's just so it's just so carefully crafted into the moment that you barely notice it so mm-hmm. they did a really good job of of hiding it and doing it what i would imagine was on a bit of a budget to make it look a certain way um I, I don't know. Again, they spared no expense on this. Like, yeah, it, it really does show. Well, yeah, and I think the in terms of the those visuals, like you're saying, like I think, um, I think most of the visuals. When I'm referring to visuals, I'm referring to CGI, but I'm also referring to sort of any, anything and everything I see on screen. And I think, um, I do think like what what was surprising to me, and we watched both sort of unfinished versions of some of these episodes and the finished versions uh, of these episodes. We, you know, they kind of yeah. updated our screeners as we went back. Uh, and I think even with the unfinished to the finished version, I think Appa and Momo, for what we get of them, uh, look really, done. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Appa w- looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think all the creatures were actually handled really, really well. Like any creature elements that were featured throughout this the series, they were yes, handled. The with, ostrich with horses care. looked pretty yep. sick as well, for yep. sure. Yeah. There were some for scary sure. things too, um, that were definitely oh, yeah. got a little creepy crawly. And, uh, um, but yeah, I, I think that they, they, again, they, they, from, from a CGI standpoint, they definitely had the budget there for it too. And, and, and when you're talking about visuals too, and I know it's not necessarily, uh, might not necessarily be seen as visuals, but all the world building elements, like the things that yeah. build out the world, like the, the set design, the costume design, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's treated with a high tier of, of, uh, care that almost feels Harry Potter esque or, or even, um, Lord of the Rings esque to a certain degree, where there's just like this idea of really 
leaning into the world building qualities to define these places and define this world of 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 avatar and i think that it 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 helps to build out that world for someone who has hadn't had any experience with it it's very confident for sure no yeah. for sure and i i think it's it's tricky i think this is maybe where i uh start to have a bit of qualms with the show as well in terms of some of that uh, some of those elements of of world uh, building, I think the locations, I think anything shot on on set and on location in Vancouver, uh, I think any of the forest moments, some of the darker mm-hmm. scenes look phenomenal uh, in this show. And when you get sequences with firebending that's sort of lighting up different uh, different parts of the world around them, it really puts you into that world and and brings it to life in ways that, again, as a huge fan of the original show, is so exciting. Um, there are a lot of moments, however, for me that I completely just saw the volume uh, around these characters. And I compl- I, I understand that a, a city like Omashu to kind of build out as uh, as a full scale um, location would is impossible. It, it's so huge. And I, I completely understand the need for the volume. But I do think it was a little overutilized uh, in quite a few sequences, um, especially indoors as well, which it was surprising to me. Um, there was a lot of moments where you could just sort of see it in the background or, or sort of see the character separated from that background. Um, mm-hmm. That just kind of took me out of it a little bit, unfortunately. And I, I just I wanted to, again, sort of stay in those uh, real world locations. Um, and then I think the costuming that you were mentioning, you're absolutely right. It is perfect, but it's almost too perfect uh, in the sense that it stays perfect. Um, the costumes, they go on this, you know, these characters go on this grand adventure. They're fighting with they the elements dirty. of yeah. rocks and mud yeah. and fire, but they never get dirty. And by the end of the series, I was looking at characters that I could see at a theme park and be amazed by. But at the same time, I, I, it just, again, that's another element where, especially when you're coming from an animated show, in an animated show, yeah, they're going to make the costumes look the same the entire time. In fact, I think they even do get moments where things rip and tear in the animated series. But here in the live action, there is such an opportunity to sort of, you know, just go a little further with it. Uh, yeah. And I just felt like that was a part that was a little bit lacking for me from the visuals specifically. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's valid to call it the p- point that their their costumes stay pretty pristine especially ang's like it's almost like it's a superhero costume in a lot of ways <laughs> yes do you know yeah. what I mean? because it does yeah he's he's probably like his color of of the orange and the red is just so vibrant even against like palettes of blue it just stands out you know when the yeah. earth it stands out like his 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 color scheme stands out which i don't know if that's by design in terms of why it might have stayed so pristine, so it is sort of a superhero costume, right? He's um, sort of seen as like the the light and the hope in these dark exactly. moments. I, yeah, exactly. I completely get that, but I think I think at the same time he goes through some tough stuff, and so maybe that could be represented in his his yeah. visuals. Um, I also wanted to touch upon this isn't something you see, but just before we you know maybe get into the cast and talk about some of these performances, um, I do just want to quickly shout out the the music. I think is great. I think. Um, Takeshi Furukawa uh, adapted Jeremy Zuckerman's original score uh, and and brought it to the show pretty well. I think there's, you know, we definitely have the original theme. We've got the end credit sequence uh, theme, uh, and there's some some light elements of of Iroh's theme used uh, throughout uh, the show as well. Which I think if you've ever been on TikTok before, you've probably heard Iroh's theme at some point uh, to some really beautiful you know, landscape shot or something really sad. But um, I, I think there was nothing terribly new 
uh, in in Furukawa-san's uh, score. But I, I at the same time, that was the one moment where I was kind of just like, that's OK. Um, I, you know, for from the music aspect, it's already so good as it is that leaving that untouched, uh, I was totally fine with them just pulling it into the show. Yeah, it's I, honestly the score was was perfect. It it set the right vibe. It, you know, it it matched the the, the tonal shifts of the story uh, in in a lot of ways. It's it was done with the same sort of sentiments again as as some of these you know bigger than life stories that we we know and love. Like I referenced, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Like it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's on that scale of of wanting to hit that that threshold of of world building and yeah. the music is so signature. And like you said, if it was already really good as it was, then it, there's no point in trying to revamp it. It's, it's about playing to those signatures and playing to those moments so that that will, if more than anything, music invokes a great sense of memory, uh, you know, a memory and a nostalgic moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I remember watching reactions to the trailers for this series. And that was like the first thing that I think nine out of 10 videos I watched you know, the person on the other end of the screen was calling out. Uh, let's get into this casting uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the show and, and these performances. I think the casting is fantastic. I think it should be yeah. applauded uh, for what they're doing with this show. I think, you know, there's the there's performance elements that can be a little hit or miss. And I'll, I'll maybe get to that, uh, you know, in a little bit. But I think the fact that we have uh, a mostly Asian cast in a show that celebrates multiple Asian cultures uh, is excellent. And I think for the most part, everyone fits their characters really, really well. I think mm-hmm. standouts for me, I mean, have to be Paul Sun Hyung Lee as Uncle Iroh, Daniel Day Kim as uh, Fire Lord Ozai. And I think the the biggest one for me uh, was actually surprising for me, uh, which was uh, Ian Ousley as Sokka. Um, there were some big changes made. There was some, kind of some controversy, Justin, before the show came out with some interviews that kind of happened um, where they talked and discussed about some of the changes made to Sokka's character uh, that, that I think are really seen as a point of frustration for a lot of fans potentially going into this show. But I will say he is so damn good as Sokka. He Mm. is probably in my opinion, the best adaptation out of all of these characters from animated to live action. And I think that more than made up, for some of the changes in his character development for this uh, live action show. Yeah, I think I think Soka and uh Zuko were mm-hmm. my favorites. Dallas Liu, yes. Yeah, Dallas Liu um is fantastic as Zuko and I think rightfully so like you said Ian Ahsoka is is great, is fantastic. Um he's both like someone that you as a viewer for me at least I could relate to. Um, yeah. at that sort of sort of eight, at that age, and then because he's not a bender too, right? That's right. another aspect, right? Absolutely, and he's he's so much more grounded. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot that he's he's carrying, and I think a lot of people can relate to that sentiment of feeling that responsibility and or feeling a sense of responsibility, um, and not and and not necessarily always believing in yourself. Um, yeah. And I think that that's something that that is incredibly and and I think on the polar opposite, like I'm saying, like with, with Dallas and, and Zuko, he's kind of in the same sort of boat. So their characters definitely do have very interesting arcs in the eight episodes that are are that will have you invested in in them, if anything, uh, um, along with uh, variety. Because I, I I agree with you. I think this casting is so good, and that and and 
the way they kind of give every character some moments mm-hmm. um it's it's well it's handled well it's handled really really well like i actually cared about all of these characters right like i cared nice. I, I was invested in in all of them i think you know gordon as ang um you know the, from what i remember of and what i have enjoyed or, or have seen of of the animated series he is so you know ang is so there's a naivete to him there's a childlike wonder you know it, yeah. it was for me when i watched it, it was reminiscent of like goku and dragon ball right okay. like just a kid yeah, yeah, yeah. who doesn't really fully understand anything right and is sort of like displaced and you know he you know gordon plays that in a, in a sort of very childlike wondrous way that feels very fitting for what i remember from from what i saw of the animated series so i think he i think he really did he really did do it, but there are times when he, it seems like he is acting. And I yes. don't know if that's, if that's just because of an age thing. Like I, I know that a lot of people say that about Daniel Radcliffe when he was Harry Potter in the right. first movie, right? Like yep. it's, he wasn't, he was just a kid plucked and put into Harry Potter. And as he obviously developed and he got better. And I think that that might be it is as this show ages up, will he get better with that? Right. Will there be less of that? And I hope that we do get more seasons of this show to see more character development within these characters uh, and to see more development in terms of a performance standpoint from someone like Gordon Cormier. I think Mm -hmm. he, he does, he gets that childlike innocence excellent because he's a kid. um, But I think at the same time, you know, there, there's something I can say about his performance in this that I couldn't say about Daniel Radcliffe's performance in Harry Potter uh, 1, which is there are at least two moments uh, with Gordon Cormier acting between him and another character uh, that got to me emotionally and, and like yeah. got me teary eyed. And yeah, that is super impressive for for a young actor, uh, you know, for, for him. Uh, and so, yeah, I think He's, that is he did a great job. I think he did a great job. I think the the moments where he does feel like he's acting a little bit more, um, I will talk about the writing maybe a little bit later. um, I think there are some aspects that could have changed that maybe would have, you know, sort of elevated even what he did. Um, I think uh, I think Paul Sun-Hyung Lee is perfect as Iroh. He's always been perfect as Iroh. He fits the character so well. And again, He's got at least two moments where, but especially with him and his relationship with Zuko, mm-hmm. uh, really, really got to me. Got to me, yeah. That, 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 yeah, yeah. Paul Sung Lee is fully embracing this character. He is Uncle Iroh to a T. Um, you know, I even watched some like best moments of of Uncle Iroh as I was going through these episodes just to kind of get a sense of his the animated and it's it, they casted him so well. Yeah. Um, and I think he he really does lean into this role and and and, and become that character um Gowan Dio as as Katara is, is she's fantastic like I think that her even again like the attention to moving these characters through and mm-hmm. again we'll talk about writing when we when we get there but I at least I appreciated how they kind of gave each character a journey through these seasons yeah. I, I enjoyed her journey as well it gets a little heavy-handed towards the end but uh the lead-up is fantastic it, and she she did such a great job uh in in that and um yeah i think she was i think she was a, she was another one of the that the trio are such such standouts that i i feel like they're that they're this will have a success like the, the three of yeah. them it, they really did work really really well they're locked in for sure yeah um i yeah. think the the only other folks i wanted to quickly mention uh elizabeth Yu uh as azula i think she's Daniel great kim 
yeah, both of them, both of them were excellent, and both of them fit the characters really, really well. I do, you know, one thing I will say is we you wanted we more actually, of them, right? I wanted more of them. We got more of them than we actually do in the original series. In the original series, especially with uh, Ozai, he is kind of like, you know, Mark Hamill is, does the voice of Ozai, right? And he's kind of just in the background. He's a big shadowy sort of figure. Um, right. And Azula is kind of doing what they're doing in the show, which is sort of just keeping her near him and, and you know, whispering in his ear and what have you. But I, I will say, like, it, it, there were moments where we would cut to Azula and we'd get maybe one or two minutes of her in in each episode. And I just felt like, you know, this is another area where I felt like they could have maybe um, pushed more, maybe maybe adapted a little bit more away from the original. Um, because, again, the the extra moments that we get, especially with, with Ozai, um, are so rewarding to watch as an original fan. I think mm-hmm. they could have done that with Azula. And I think Elizabeth Yu, you know, she kicked the crap out of that role. I think she could have maybe done a little bit more or we could have seen a little bit more. Yeah. But like, I think again, it goes without saying there's intention here for a season two and it, it very much shows and, and it shows in a lot of these performances where they feel like they're like Elizabeth, you does do such a great job in the role, but I think a lot of it has to do with where, where we're going to see her next. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that they're building that anticipation. Exactly. And she's yeah. building that anticipation and really, you know, giving it her all. Um, but yeah, this this cast like is is top to bottom fantastic for yeah. for, for this series. It, it and, and not just not just for the for the, the cultural touch points. That goes without saying, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's it's literally who they've selected to play each of these characters and the way that they've been adapted for this live action. It feels like it's it's got a bit of more maturity than the animated series to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, early reviews for this uh, that have been out, um, you know, early reactions to this that have been out, you know, we, we've been kind of uh, looking at a couple of them and some people are calling the performances stiff. And I, I do think that's unfair. I think it actually does have more to do with the writing uh, in the show. And I think also an element of the series, uh, for me, at least, I didn't find that it balanced um, tone well enough. I think part of adapting a show means you take some elements and you evolve uh, or change others. And I think when it comes to the writing of the dialogue, especially, I think it could have benefited from a bigger sort of um, divergence from the original. There's there's something uh, with the original animated series that just doesn't translate well to live action. And I think if I was to nail it down, I think it's the 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 rapid at times, shift in tone from moment to moment. Um, you'll notice it in, I think, some of the humor, um, and you'll you'll kind of just sort of see it happen throughout the the series, or at least I did. Um, and I think it's it's made even more difficult by you know condensing going from twenty episodes in in book one uh, to just eight, uh, and and that's where I think you know we can kind of get into the the story and the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, for me. Um, it's it's really tough, right? Because again, I'm going into this show, and I'm obviously, I, I whenever we go into this stuff, I don't want it to fail. I don't want this stuff to to mm-hmm. not live up to expectations. I want it to be amazing and and fantastic, and especially with things that I'm coming in already uh, in love with. I think there are so many wonderful things to bring over from the original series, and when you're trying to please fans, new and old, of the original series. I completely understand wanting to bring in as many of those elements as possible. 
The problem is, is you've got eight episodes. Granted, most of them are double, even triple the length of those uh, original episodes. But it's it's still too much. I think, honestly, watching this, I was left thinking that I would have rather them left certain plot points and even uh, additional wonderful characters completely out uh, and maybe just sort of focus in a little bit more on, uh, you know, the f- sort of a fewer amount of different characters and elements from the original series. And then they could have brought those other characters back in a, a you know, maybe more focused way in a, a future season. I don't think we needed to adapt the entirety of book one into eight hour long episodes. I think they could have gotten away because, again, the budget on this. And like you said, they're making it with that intentionality of we're going to have more. We're going to see more. This cast is so excellent. Um, people, are, I think, are going to root for this series. And I really hope they do because I do want more. But I think that they they could have taken their time a little bit more. Um, they have to move so quickly that a lot of the plot lines that, you know, coming in as a fan of the original that we love are kind of mashed together. Uh, and, 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 those, and, and, and elements of those stories are sort of brushed through uh, in a matter of minutes. Uh, and I think it's just one of those things where, again, like, I, I would prefer more quality than quantity when it comes to what was taken from the original series. There are some incredible moments, I think maybe two moments, where they actually expand on what the original series did. Uh, and then those moments where we get to sort of see more or see moments that didn't happen in the original series, as a fan coming in, I completely appreciated that so much more. And they had so many opportunities to do that. I think I would have preferred personally to have more of those moments uh, than having every single little, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at the screen uh, moment of there's the thing that I know from the original. Uh, I think they could have gotten away with a more focused approach. Uh, and for me, I think that's really where the series kind of lost me. Uh, and, and the pacing is sort of just all over the place. But Justin, mm-hmm. I want to know kind of what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, 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 again, I think as I was mentioning at the top, me not having any experience or knowledge with anything that's happened in the original series or comics or whatever. Yeah, uh, I think that worked to my benefit because none of that really phased me. I, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think the only thing I did get is that there was a a, a mixture of pacing, right? Yeah. And from a tonality standpoint, you're right. Like. I remember the animated series being very goofy and very silly and yep. they definitely tried to bring that charm and that that over in in the live action it didn't always work especially given the fact that these are eight 1 hour episodes of a show um and there is a lot that that does happen in in each of them mm-hmm. but I still think that what I appreciated is that they 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 focused on the right characters to help build out what could be a season 2 um, mm-hmm. I think even though the bigger story of of the overall season seems to be very rushed, the character stuff feels very focused and they kind of have placed things in a way to help set up for hopefully uh, a second season if that's in, in mind, right? Or if that, mm-hmm. that's possible to if it gets greenlit. I um, hope it does. Yeah, I do. I, I really do hope it does. So I, I don't know. I think I think for me at least the story worked. I, I think again it I think it depends on how you want to how you approach it. If I think this is something that's very close to a lot of people, yeah. and a lot of people care about this story, and I think just going in knowing that it's it's an adaptation, it's you know it's not easy to try to scale down 
20 episodes. And I get what you're saying. You didn't have to do 20 in, into eight. They could have broken it up. But I think for the trajectory of what they want to know, they want to say, this is how much we can accomplish in this first season to set up for a season two, if we get it. And that probably looks a lot more appetizing as to Netflix, because then that's, it's, you know, it's commitment, but they can at least commit to three seasons, right? For and sure. Know that, right? That it's adapting those three seasons of the animated into yeah. live action. And they have that, right? So. I just think they, I think there's an element of playing it safe personally that, that I would have been so much more okay with, uh, with with fans being upset that it was too different from the original, even you know what I mean? Like I I think an so you think they of, played too much into the fandom. Yeah, of, of there's the just a little bit than... too much. Yeah, because again, there was there's there's elements that are put in certain episodes that are stuffed together. That honestly, if you watch the original series, you would kind of just go like, "But why? Why do we have to 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 give you give us get sort of twenty five percent of all of these things when we could have maybe had seventy five to one hundred of a few of them." And I think that to me was sort of the the moments that kept sort of losing me because again I, I'm coming in and I I don't want it to actually be exactly shot for shot like the original I really don't I want it to be kind of I, again I think you know it's fair to say I think in the trailers they've already shown uh, the the you know one of the the early sequences that we we get to witness that we never got from the original show and there's there you know there's there's two of them, and I think it would have been great to have gotten a lot more of that uh, mm -hmm. throughout the series because I think it would have helped to inform moments for original fans. And again, like you're saying, as a new fan, you wouldn't have been really any any wiser. So I don't think it would have dampened you, you know experiences for folks coming in fresh. Sure, I, I think though that they they did a really great job though of at least getting me invested in in this and getting me up to speed, like on on you know the the elements and the the different players that are on the board right like i think that it it did it did its job for a season 1 and i i don't know like we just watched and finished percy jackson mm -hmm. and this is you know a kids book that's been adapted and you know that content felt very kiddish and you know it still it still worked but for me at least i i think i'm outside of the age bracket of where it would, but hopefully with future seasons and stuff, and you know, there's already season two planning, and you know, it'll start slowly aging up, and maybe I'll, I'll, you know, it'll, it'll get to the point where it was like with Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, going into this, I, you know, going into the Avatar: The Last Airbender, I already anticipated this was going to be a very kid-friendly sort of show, mm -hmm. uh, even if it is a live-action adaptation, and that's what I got. I feel like that's that's sort yeah. of what I got from from that, and it it, it at times it does feel very Disney-esque as a series, a, a, you know, across a, a the world. Like there was just this quality to it that that felt like it all worked really, really well to kind of, sh at least for me, as someone to get me interested in. Yeah, well, I mean, I would hope personally that uh, that you actually would maybe consider trying to go back to uh, check out the original series just so you can kind of get a little more context for maybe uh, how I'm feeling. <laughs> feeling about the show. Um, <laughs> but I also think I, I completely agree with you on the element of yeah, please, let's get a second season. I want to see Toph in live action. I really do, um, who's a character that maybe you don't know yet. Um, but I also just really, really, really want uh, this show to have a, a, another chance, another go uh, at, at trying to uh, kind of really, really kind of capture what made the original so special. Right, exactly. And I, I don't think that, again, it's it's Netflix. That's why we're kind of like 
teetering on is it going to get greenlit or not because we <laughs> right you know we we sort of enjoyed you know cowboy bebop and you know they had no problem you know erasing that immediately <laughs> not, and yeah. immediately just but then we see it, something but... like one piece uh and it is but that was definitely a surprise back. and delight and it was yeah. like okay it's coming back so i do think that with the success of that you know there's elements that from there even that kind of carry over into and i don't mean just the anime i just mean the the sort of the audience for mm-hmm. sure but also just potentially even like the look and feel like some of the the vibe of of how they've they've you know live actioned the anime-esque right because you know avatar is not anime it's more like fanime right like it's it's produced it's like by yeah, i think they refer to it as a marame or something yeah marame, like american or, anime yeah, style anime yeah. so and you know i think that's another reason why i never really got off with the the animated series is just because i I thought it was supposed to be an anime series, but it wasn't. Okay. And it just felt very like, you know, wanting to try to be an anime sure. series. In it, you know what I mean? So, sure. uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, listen, let's get to our overall thoughts uh, and final score uh, for this series, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five cabbages. <laughs> My cabbage. One to five. Uh, so like, as we were just kind of like discussing for me, this live action adaptation of Avatar, the last airbender, you know, it, it's a success, it, you know, it, it's masterful in its world building and it has really great performances from top to bottom. Um, it's just, it's all very beautifully done. And I think it kind of, in some ways is taking again, a lot of that iconography and imagery from the animated series and and bringing it to life in live action. And that is a huge part of why this series did get greenlit is so that people could see this in a whole new style and medium, right? You know, the pacing, you know, it's ambitious, you know, keeps, does keep you hooked. Um, But the finale I found, I I think it really does rush to an end. I think there's just too much ground to cover in in the finale. And and I think the lead up is, it was, was far better, right? Like leading up into the the finale was, was really good. I think it was more focused. I, I do think that, that, that there's a strong foundation that's been laid here and uh, the potential for a second season feels very promising given the way things have kind of unfolded in this in this season one. Um, but I, I do think that if if you are a fan of the series, um, I'm not saying erase your mind from from what you know. I just think that you going into it and understanding it to just be entirely separate from from what you what you have seen. I think that's helpful in a way of just understanding it's an adaptation. It's it's something new. Um, I feel like this is a four out of five. Okay. Because it really does set the stage for more adventures ahead. And it does it with characters that I actually genuinely cared about and I thought were, I was invested in. So, yeah. Four out of five cabbages. Okay. You're choking up. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I just, okay. I need to drink my, my water here. So <laughs> I'm going to do that. You got a water bended into your mouth. Um, I think this show gets a lot right, uh, and it gets a lot wrong uh, at the same time. I think the again, the casting is excellent. The action and the bending is is captured so so well, uh, and the fight choreography is so so good. Uh, the music is what it needs to be, uh, and the visuals of sort of large scale environments as well as Appa and Momo. Uh, are great and and moments yep. that are shot on location are are fantastic. I do think that the use of the volume um, sort of for me took me out of of this beautiful and and diverse world a lot of the times, especially in interiors. Uh, I think the dialogue and the rapid shifts in tone just don't translate well enough from the animated series uh, over, and I think it's something that could have been adapted uh, much 
better. Uh, I think that they could have changed and, and evolved that uh, in a way that might have worked a little better for uh, for live action and, and for, you know, a live version of these characters. Um, I think the pacing uh, f- is where it falls the most for me. I think ideas from the original show mashed together in sort of a quantity over quality mentality for me. Uh, and for, I think, a lot of fans of the original and maybe some newcomers, it could be a little frustrating. Um, I, I, I love the original series. I, I, I want to love this adaptation. I, I definitely enjoyed my time with it, but I, I, there were so many moments where I was sort of taken out at the same time. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's leagues beyond what M. Night Shyamalan did back in 2010. So if that's what you're worried about, you can, you can rest easy. It's nowhere near that. Thank goodness. Um, but watching it, you can, if you are uh, a fan of the original series and of its creators, Brian Kanitsko and uh, Michael Dante DiMartino, you can sort of see why they might have left, uh, you know, halfway through this series uh, and sort of two years after, you know, starting on it. Um, but that said, I really hope it gets the support and love uh, that that at least this cast deserves. Uh, and I do hope we get a second season because I think I'd, I'd love to give them another go at this um so i'm i'm not stoked to do it but i am going to give avatar uh the last airbender a 3.5 out of 5 cabbages uh but that is it for this review of netflix's avatar the last airbender we hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series or any of the shows or movies we cover uh well let me just blow my bison whistle so that justin can let you know how you can reach us (laughs) Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at GeekcentricYT, or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our recent spoiler-free reviews uh, for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 and Marvel Studios Echo, as well as a bunch of other reviews from last year that you can catch up on. Um, And we also have some great interviews out right now, like our most recent interview with Paul Sunhyung Lee and Daniel Day Kim from this very show. Uh, I was stoked to chat with these absolute legends uh about what this show means to them uh and we talked about what it you know what it means to bring these characters uh to live action uh and we also talked about thirst tweets um so you know that's definitely a good (laughs) moment to check out um we also have some interviews with some folks behind star wars the bad batch recently out as well we spoke with michelle ang omega herself uh and justin had the chance to chat with executive producer and supervising director brad rao and executive producer and head writer jennifer jennifer corbett uh about the last season of that show uh we also asked michelle what her clone nickname would be so check out those interviews uh they're a lot of fun uh you can check those out over at youtube.com slash geekcentric or here on your podcast service of choice uh so again subscribe you know leave a like leave a review share these podcasts and these videos with your friends and family it does help us a ton We've got some really great stuff coming in the month of March and all throughout 2024. So, uh, so yeah, just make sure you stick with us so you can, you know, we can cover all things for you, uh, all things geek centric. Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler free review. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.